Normally, this text that we saw in Acts, uh, we like to focus on the fact that we're uh, the, the laws that revolved around our food and our eating were changed at this point in time. It is because of this text that we're actually able to eat such wonderful things like bacon. <laughs> but what I want to focus on is not that wonderfulness, but actually at the beginning and the end of that text where, uh, as uh, Zach pointed out, we are called to be here. No matter where we come from, no matter what we've done, no matter who we are, we are all called to be here. We are called to be one. The text started out with the apostles having heard that Peter ate with people that were different from them, the ones that were the Gentiles, the ones that were separated. And in a way, they kind of made the statement waiting for him to explain his actions. You ate with those people. And so Peter goes on to explain. And by the time he is done explaining, it says they are speechless. And then they turn to worshiping their God, saying, He has spoken and allowed repentance to go out to everyone. Now everyone can have life. We've been focusing on our readings primarily coming out of Acts and some out of the Gospels on how it talks about us as people of God, that we are now living lives where we have the value of worship and the value of community together. And this fits into the teaching that Marcus and myself, we've been working on uh, starting with January, about loved and living. Because we notice that there was a disconnect that's happening in our culture, in our world, and even in our churches where we know about the things that Jesus has done, but what does that actually mean? And we know that it means that we are now people who have been redefined. We are people who have been given a new identity, an identity as people that are loved. Not just loved by the ones that are in our lives, by our friends or our family but loved by someone whose love never ends, never falters. And to show that case in point brings us the sign of the cross, brings us His Son, hands Him over. Out of the depths of love, we are given the sign of Jesus dying for us so that we should and will be forever known as love. And that we now have the identity of people who are alive. As we sang earlier, uh, as we were going through this uh, the hymn about the feast, it said, to the powerful God, the God of freedom and of life. That because of His resurrection, because of life that has been restored in Christ, we have life now. And these are not good words that just mean something for our future, but it actually means something for you right now. That this hope is not a distant hope, but a hope that speaks to our hearts now. That does something to you where you're at. The disconnect comes in our understanding that our faith is not something that is just a get-out-of-jail-free card for the end. 
but our faith transforms us. Speaks to where we're at right now. Helps us see everything for what it actually is. And that includes people. The people that are the thorns in our sides or the people that we love dearly. And truly see them as someone we should be eating with. Someone that we should be rejoicing with. And when the Lord comes to them and they are brought into the faith, we respond like the apostles do and say, praise God, they have been given the repentance to life. C.S. Lewis talks about friendship. And he starts to describe what a best friend actually is. It's one of those terms that we throw around and, and nobody really knows what it means. So he tried to give a shot at it. And he said, a best friend is the one that when you're telling them the deepest, darkest secret, they're able to look at you and say, you too? I thought I was the only one. Our text is a recognition that that's exactly what the church says to each other. You too? I thought I was the only one. Because we are the ones that most would look at and say, you ate with them? If people knew who we really are, they knew the way our heart can be, the way we look at other people, the way we monopolize our time with just ourselves, the way that we are focusing on the wrong things, the way we've cheated on others, the way that we could be, we know really that all the Pharisees of the world, all the religious, all the hypocrites would be able to look at us and say, you ate with that person? But here in the church, we're able to look at that stain. We're able to look at that sin. We're able to look at the hypocrisy of our own lives and the failures that we all hold and say, you too? I thought I was the only one. I thought I was the only one who's ever doubted. I thought I was the only one who out of despair has even cursed God. I thought I was the only one who has done that exact thing. I thought I was the only one who's held lust in my heart or lied to my friends. I thought I was the only one to throw my loved ones under the bus. You too? We fight the temptation to be like the apostles who first confronted Peter to say, how dare you eat with that, those people? And by us asking that question and making that accusation, we have forgotten that the idea of us being loved and living is that our God in Revelations even said, behold, I am making all things new. That includes this place and that includes each other. That just as I have been made something new in Christ, so is everyone else. So have you. 
through all that muck and all that gunk, have been made into something new. Why would I not want to eat with them? Why would I not look at them and say, you too? I thought I was the only one. This is something that separates our God from any other kind of God that's preached. Because our God actually says to the ones who are out there, the ones who don't look like us, that don't act like us, the ones that don't know how to dress for church on Sunday. And invites them to the table. Invites them into faith. Invites them to be a part of this community. And as they walk through these doors, people are able to look at them and say, you too? I like to wear jeans to church too. (laughs) But it's hard for the world to actually recognize this message. Because we like in the world to put labels on each other, such as Jew or Gentile, such as wealthy or poor, such as drunkard or sober, such as addict or clean. We like to put labels on each other that, that make someone into something that we want them to be. In this nation ourselves, we've always struggled with the labels of race. And one of the premier churches that has fought against using such labels, it costs them. It's been almost a year since the shooting at the Charlotte Church. And that happened because of who they decided to eat with. But it hasn't stopped us. It can't stop us. Because every time I look at another Christian, every time... I look at someone who is suffering. Every time I look at someone who is stuck in their sin, I can't help but say to them, you too? I thought I was the only one. Which means when that message goes out, it's a cause for rejoicing, for celebrating. Peter, in his response to the apostles, says back to them, Who am I that I could stand in the way of God? Who am I that I could stand in the way of God and not tell them? And not eat with them? And not celebrate with them? And even we as Christians have to answer that question. Who am I that I can stand in the way of God? That I stop that I stop them from hearing this message, that I stop them from knowing who Jesus is, that I stop the Gospel from going out. Who am I that I stay in the way of God when people walk through this door and when I walk into a home and give praise to God for who I see? Who am I that I stand in the way of God? But knowing ourselves to be people who have been loved and brought to life, 
That we know that we are not people who stand in the way of God, but rather we are now people who stand with God. And that means we have a life of worship and joy. That we should be the loudest and most joyful ragtag group that you've seen. Because we know the power that love has. That even though it may not be able to stop bullets, it's able to revive the dead to life. That the love of God is so powerful that it has brought back the dead to life and it has promised the dead now to life eternal. So we stand with God. We worship and give praise and glory to His name. At every person who is baptized, at every person who has had the faith planted into their heart, to every person who becomes a part of our community. The temptation there is to segregate ourselves into different camps by ages, by race, by color, by whatever label we can come up with. But who are we to stand in the way of God? That no matter how old someone is, no matter where they come from, no matter even what it is they're struggling with, we're actually able to, in the truth, look at each other and say, you too? I thought I was the only one. We are people who are sinners. We are people who need help. We are the people who have received that help. Our stories are all different, but yet they all are the same. At the very end of the Gospel of John, it makes the proclamation by saying, if all the works of Jesus were to be collected, the whole world could never hold the books. That's you, your story, that's my story. But there's this common thread that goes through all of them. Where the people that others would look at and say, you ate with them, but we're all the ones that Jesus has come to share with us. Amen? Amen. Amen.